0: So what did she find in the brain scanner? Understanding really how humans have evolved to be kind and compassionate. And the good news is, and there's so much good news, is that all of us have experienced times when we have activated compassion. When we've managed to stay, not get sucked into our innate empathy, but actually to maintain that slight distance, but to feel for them. Welcome to Refreshing Leadership, the show where we give permission for you to be human first and foremost by bringing to life the incredible nervous system in action and the psychology of how we can move from surviving to thriving and even flourishing. Together we go behind the scenes to this engine room of self-leadership, leading in your family, community and organization by debunking old toxic approaches to leadership and instead demystifying it with practical and relatable conversations. I'm Kate Brassington, coaching psychologist, trauma-informed leadership coach, your guide and companion on this journey together. Hey everybody, welcome back to this episode of Refreshing Leadership and welcome back to 2024. Happy New Year. Um, I hope you had some wonderful, restful midwinter rituals in whatever way uh, works for you. I went to Ireland and it back to the house where I um, lived in when I was born. There's a photo of me on the front step being brought home from hospital. Um, where my sister lives now, and the fields are in the middle of County Down. It's really near the sea, and we did tons of midwinter rituals, bonfires, looking at the moon, walking in light and dark. <laughs> um, we, I even swam uh, for the for the solstice, which is such a treat. I normally don't get there until after the solstice. Um, swam in the sea because of the tides. The group we had to go in the dark. We were very brave. Um, the moon was super strong, and even though it was only a half moon, um, and we swam in this most beautiful place um, that we all that we know and love—a little um, place in in like a little nook and cranny of Strangford Loch—and it was just it was gorgeous, and it was very it was very good for my soul and for my body and for my mind. Um, so, um, and then on New Year's, um, I swam in England. Uh, in the English channel. So I kind of feel like that's good. I've done the Irish seed, <laughs> done the English channel. And we're back in Luxembourg now and getting ready to go back to work. We are de christmassing which I think is a thing and um, getting ready, uh, which is feels a wonderful energy. Sometimes it takes time and I do feel a slowness still. So I encourage you, if that's the same for you, don't rush for this new year, new me stuff. Um, take time. Uh, midwinter, doesn't really end for another good several weeks um but I've I've noticed that I think because I had the time to do the rituals and to and just revel in the midwinter um that actually I do feel more ready than I might normally do at this time so it it was it's, it's really fun really good and I feel in a fresh place to be podcasting with you um and I know that um the episodes that go in between my solo episodes. Um, I've got some just brilliant people still coming through. Um, They just find their way to me. I find my way to them. I talk with people. Um, It's it's almost slightly eclectic in a way, just talking about refreshing leadership from many, many different angles. So the one that went out last week is Jules Park Robinson, who's um, simply someone that I know through the ex-military connection and uh, she's coached with me. um she did a program with me called uh, at Ease, which I did in conjunction with Tracy Moyes, um which if you've been following the podcast, you'll know um I do a lot of color and image and external confidence stuff. so Tracy and I ran a program together and um Jules took part in that as well. and um uh, it, so there's there's, conversations about what it's like to do a career transition, fall flat on your face, get back up again right through to next week's um, is I'm talking with an internal family systems therapist who's come up with a wonderful creative um, method of using internal family systems through drawing and she's called it drawing into self and so I'll be talking with Ruth Culver next week so I just love that I can hop and bounce around in between all these different things and thank you dear listeners for following me and staying with me on this journey today today we're going to I'm going to talk about um, a book that, so my midwinter reading is often Humankind by Rutger Bregman, and he has another book called Utopia for Realists, Um, and so I'll talk a little bit more about them in a minute. Um, My summer reading tends to be more about um, big magic from Elizabeth Gilbert, books like that, uh, creativity, inspiration. Um, the thing that I love, well, there's many, many things. So Humankind is a great book for restoring your faith in humanity. Um, the entire book, systematically quoting and working on from evidence base and from real life scenarios, from true stories, um, debunks many, many myths about what we're told through mainstream media and even books, stories and sort of what you might call collective um consciousness about how humans think about humans. Um, so how hum- how we're generally told to think about other humans is known as veneer theory. And this means that um, if you scratch just beneath the surface of civilization, all hell will break loose. There are only thin threads of civilization that hold us all together, that keep us in safety. And that, um, so for example, after a disaster um, an earthquake or a uh, um, flooding. Um, there's, you know, all you get on the news is examples of of looting and damage and violence, um, and and this kind of thing. And he gives many examples through the book of where this is, and even through um, philosophers through through time, um, that this is how we we kind of expect to think about. Uh, humanity and our other humans is that everyone somewhere is out to get you. It's not really safe. You need to be careful about who you're with um, and you need to um, conduct yourself in a way to keep yourself and your family and your belongings safe. Now that's all true, but it underpinned is veneer theory, which is this chaos is about to erupt instead of understanding really how humans have evolved to be kind and compassionate and he draws on many many wonderful examples which i cannot you know can't go through them all right now but just many many wonderful examples in the book of um how and when humans actually have been kind even in the worst of situations and scenarios um and often he's had to go directly to source and um, because what was what often is even put out on media is, is wrong, because it doesn't catch headlines, it doesn't catch your eye, it doesn't make a good book, a film, or a story. Um, so, I, I totally encourage you, if you haven't already explored humankind, to, to go for it. Um, the bit I want to talk about today is um, a wonderful part of it, which is in the, he has 10 rules to live by at the end of the book. And this is temper your empathy train your compassion. And I often have many conversations and if I get sucked into LinkedIn I'll have little arguments with people on LinkedIn which is is interesting. Um I off this is a hot topic. What is the difference between empathy and compassion? When I was doing my trauma informed coach training um we spent quite a lot of time really exploring these words and also the word sympathy. So sympathy is super easy to get. That's like, "Oh, poor you." And anytime anybody is sympathetic, um, you feel yucky. And uh, the person stays fairly removed and remote from you. You get, a, oh, poor you, poor dear you. And you feel small. Um, you were right to feel dreadful. This thing was awful. Um, and it actually weakens you. And it weakens them because it doesn't really give them a very strong place from which to come up with any energy or solutions for you. Empathy is feeling the pain with someone else, feeling their pain. And we do this really naturally. And he talks about this a lot in the book about how we have evolved to become empathetic and how it's a very human trait to be empathic and to feel the pain of others, which is really interesting because you would not think that that was particularly much to do with survival. Um, But he explains why um, in the book. Um, and. It's it's a it's a little kind of trick that your mind plays. Um, it's because we're hardwired to feel empathy, and because it's to do with us bonding together as groups and forming uh, connections and trust. Um, that that is the, it, it. It comes from that um, element of evolution. Um, so you you need to be very kind to yourself. Um, and the fact that you are an empathic person, um is probably not your fault. <laughs> you know. Um, so he talks about this really interesting research that was, um, how do you train your mind? Well, so there's this research that was done by a neurologist called Tanya Singer. And she found this Buddhist monk who's called Mathieu Ricard. And he had spent 50,000 hours. He's like the, you know, one of the leading people for controlling his mind. So she thought he was a good person to to put into her scanner. And because if she asked him to think about certain things and to focus on certain things in her experiment, um, that he would actually be able to control his mind to do that. So this is the experiment around empathy and compassion. And it's talked about in the, as I say, in the last chapter of the the book, um, Humankind by Rutger Bregman. So. Tanya, in preparation for the um, putting him into the brain scanner the next day, Tanya gave the monk an, a documentary on lonely orphans. He was to watch it the night before. Um, and when he came in in the morning um, to the clinic and he, she prepared him to go into the scanner, he went into the brain scanner where she asked him to recall in absolute detail everything about the suffering of the lonely orphans. Um, and he continued to do this um, in in great detail because he was able to do this um, a full recall of the suffering he could feel it with them. she asked him to do that um, and at the end of the 20 or 30 minutes, um, he came out of the scanner an absolute wreck. It was exhausting and he was exhausted. He felt awful. Um, And interestingly, she repeated the experiment with volunteers, um, not um, highly trained uh, meditation experts, but just normal volunteers off the street, where they were instructed to practice empathy for 20 minutes a day by, by feeling pain with others, feeling suffering with others, feeling with others. And after a week, this was all that they could manage. They had, the experiment had to stop, but they were delighted that it was stopping because they all felt more pessimistic. They all experienced more suffering in themselves. One participant is reported to have said that when she got the train home afterwards, all she could see amongst the other people in the carriage was suffering. So it completely had, it like retunes your, your mind to see suffering everywhere. But this is not what we need for compassion. And the difference here when we feel compassion is we feel not with, but for. So, second time round, she pops him into the, the, the monk, into the brain scanner. And this time she asks him, thinking about the orphans, not to feel with them, but for them, to bring up warmth, compassion, love, understanding. This allowed him to stay removed and to feel more controlled, um, constructive. When he came out of the scanner, um, he felt so much better. He was full of energy um, and that is what's needed to help Um, and so this is where compassion is super useful for you and for me. Empathy, we're going to do naturally. Compassion, you can teach yourself. Um, it's more controlled, remote, constructive. It leads to action, thoughts and problem solving. It actually drives up your energy, which is exactly what's needed to help. So what did she find when in this, in the brain scanner? What did she actually see? So it turns out that in the first experiment, where she asked him simply to feel with, the anterior insular part of the brain lit up. But when she put him in the second time and asked him to feel for, the corpus triatum and the orbitofrontal cortex lit up, completely different parts of the brain. And the good news is, and there's so much good news, is that all of us have experienced times when we have activated compassion when we've managed to stay, not get sucked to our um innate empathy, but actually to maintain that slight distance um, but to feel for them. So you and you do this literally by concentrating um on the love and compassion and connection and warmth for the people rather than for the pain that they're in. Um, which if you've I don't know if anyone's ever comforted you if this is a good analogy but um, example he gives in the book is that if a child is scared of the dark you don't go in there and and cry on the floor with them hiding under the bed and feeling as much of their fear as you can but you instead do lots of things to to reassure them to help them feel safe um, to um, understand why they might feel scared You, you completely believe that they are scared you're not you're not negating their experience. Um, uh, but also you're, you're helping them through it. Um, in doing all the things that people do with kids. I know we've, we, um, do lots of little rituals with our kids when they're scared of the dark, um, putting on light, helping shining torches, chasing away monsters, all sorts of stuff. Um, and so that these are all action, which is the energy that's there is exactly what's needed to help. Um, so the good news is that there is quite a lot of evidence um, that doing even some meditation can train your mind and which which you may or may not know. I don't know. The the, the jury is often out about meditation. And uh, you if you listen to some of my other podcasts about mindfulness um trauma-sensitive mindfulness, um, do you understand with compassion that it's not easy for everybody to do, um, particularly to the levels of trauma um, exposure that you might have had, um, or just simply levels of stress, adversity, and difficulty that you're in. So if you sit and try and train your mind onto quiet and calm things, it'll often rush to the things that it wants to worry about the most. Um, so there is an element of training where you teach yourself, first of all, to be with your mind. Um, and take it to a calm place. And then 2.0, I often talk with my clients about is um, then helping your mind go with you safely to the things that it's afraid of, worrying about, stressing about, even back to um, triggers from traumas and so on, um, because you can really powerfully work with yourself, with compassion, with self-compassion. However... I digress. The main takeaway from this um, podcast, I'd love it to be for you, that you, you can use simple meditation skills to train compassion. And a great place to start is with yourself as Kristin Neff, who's a very um, famous positive psychologist, um, has done um, so much research into loving-kindness meditations. Um, you can find them all over the internet. There's lots and lots of different ways of doing loving-kindness meditations. Um, there's heaps of them on apps like Headspace and Insight Timer. Um, you can just get billions of them on YouTube, like you don't feel like, oh, I don't know how to do that. Um, Loving kindness meditation is a simple way of following someone's voice who's talking you through the process. So it's very very easy. There's no sitting silently in a darkened room. I quite often do loving kindness meditations when I'm out walking. You know, it's it's not something that you need to do if if you've got um some kind of stereotype of what a meditation might be. I just invite you to debunk that now. Um, You can train your mind in lots of different ways all the time. It doesn't have to be sitting quietly on some cushions with a candle. (laughs) Well, that's very nice if you do. Um, And to just bring this, of course, into the realm of refreshing leadership, how refreshing when um, a leader doesn't empathise in a way that makes you all feel worse, but is full of compassion and it's a skill. In the home, in your communities, in your places that you live and work, um, as well as when you're leading teams and corporate and or you're running your own business. Um, in fact, I work a lot with solo entrepreneurs who find this extremely difficult because a lot of time you you carry the can for everything. Um, there is no one to speak to. There is no one else to support you. You do your work yourself in all areas of your business. Um, it stands or falls by what you do. Um, and so uh, it's it's a trap that lots of people fall into is um, you're feeling your pain all by yourself, for yourself. Well, that's empathy and you're, you're empathizing with your own pain. Um, so you just start to kick into critical mindset and you can hear a critical voice in your head going, come on, pick yourself up, get on with it, blah, blah, blah. Why am I so rubbish? instead of inviting a compassion and self-compassionate approach um which actually as we this little example today um, shows helps you to be more controlled a little bit more remote constructive and full of energy and that's exactly what's needed to help so I hope you've enjoyed this I hope that um you have some fun listening to um the uh, humankind um, and doing some having a little bit of a play with some self self-compassion, type of meditations, um, and and just remembering that the skill is temper your empathy, train your compassion. All right, I will see you all next time. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. While I'm here, did you know that I work one-to-one with people who are ready to make change for the better for themselves or others? And can I make a plea for our leaders? who are especially under pressure, not only to balance their own mental health, but leading balanced and thriving teams. The fallout of the pandemic and the increasing economic pressures have made this a really great area for mental health worldwide. And the burden is falling on our leaders and managers. If you'd like to ease suffering and get the fun back, rebuilding resilience and lasting mental health in yourself or your team, remember that healthy financial results and great business performance can only come from high performing people who are in top condition to thrive. Let me help you help your people now. Get in touch and let's start the conversation.